Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 11 of The Great Secret by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Tom'sAudiobooks.com. Chapter 11 a legacy of danger. I was scarcely aware myself to what an extent my attention had been riveted upon this strange story of my guests until the interruption came. The entry of the cheerful little village doctor seemed to dissolve an atmosphere thick with sensation. I drew a long breath as I rose to my feet. There was a certain measure of relief in the escape from such high tension. "'Glad to see you, doctor,' I said mechanically. My friend here, Mr. Guest, Dr. Rust, I added, completing the introduction, is a little run down. I thought that I would like you to have a look at him. The doctor sniffed the air despairingly as he shook hands. Those beastly cigarettes, he remarked. If you young men would only take to pipes. Our insides aren't strong enough for your sort of tobacco, doctor, I answered. I will leave you with Mr. Guest for a few minutes. You may like to overhaul him a little. I made my way into the gardens. It stood for a few minutes looking out across the park. It was a still hot evening. The scene was perhaps as peaceful a one as a man could conceive. The tall elms stood out like painted trees upon a painted sky. The only movement in the quiet pastoral landscape was where a little string of farm laborers were trudging homeward across the park with their baskets over their shoulders. Beyond, the land sloped into a pleasant tree-encompassed hollow and I could see the red-tile roofs of the cottages and the worn gray spire of the village church. There was scarcely a breath of wind. Everything around me seemed to stand for peace. Many a night before I had stood here smoking my pipe and drinking it all in, absolutely content with myself, my surroundings, and my life. And tonight I felt with a certain measure of sadness that it could never be the same again. A few yards behind me, in the room which I had just quitted, a man was looking death in the face. A man, the passionate half-told fragments of whose life had kindled in me a whole world of new desires. These two, the man and the girl, enemies perhaps, speaking from the opposite poles of life, had made sad havoc with my well-ordered days. The excitement of his appeal was perhaps more directly potent yet there was something far more subtle, far stranger, in my thoughts of her. She and her maid and her queer, black-eyed poodle were creatures of flesh and blood without a doubt. Yet they had come into my life so strangely, and passed into so wonderful a place there, 
that i thought of them with something of the awe which belongs to things having in themselves some element of the mystic if not of the supernatural the blue of her eyes was not more wonderful than the flawless grace of her person and her environment i could compare her only with visions one has read and dreamed about in the unreal worlds of poetry and romance her actual existence as a woman of the moment a possible adventuress certainly a very material and actual person was hard indeed to realize i moved a little farther away into the gardens the still air was full of the perfume of sweet-smelling flowers of honeysuckle and roses climbing about the maze of arches which sheltered the lower walks to-night their sweetness seemed to mean new things to me the twilight was falling rapidly the shadows were blotting out the landscape out beyond there beyond the boundaries of my walled garden i seemed to be looking into a new and untravelled world i knew very well that the old days were over already the change had come i turned my head at the sound of a footstep upon the gravel path the doctor was standing beside me well i asked what do you think of him he answered me a little evasively the cheerful optimism which had made him a very popular practitioner seemed for the moment to have deserted him your friend is in rather a curious state of health he said slowly to tell you the truth i scarcely know how to account for certain of his symptoms i smiled he seems in a very weak state i remarked supinely is he a very old friend the doctor asked why do you ask that i inquired curiously simply because i thought that you might know something of his disposition the doctor answered whether for instance he is the sort of man who would be likely to indulge in drugs i shook my head i cannot tell i said there is something a little peculiar about his indifference the doctor continued he answers my questions and submits to my examination and all the time he has the air of a man who would say i could tell you more about myself if i would than you could ever discover he has had a magnificent constitution in his time is he likely to die i asked not for many symptoms that i can discover the doctor answered yet as i told you before there are certain things about his condition which i do not understand i should like to see him again in the morning i am giving him a tonic more as a matter of form i scarcely think his system will respond to it it has not occurred to you i suppose i remarked that he might be suffering from poisoning the doctor shook his head there are no traces of anything of the sort he declared my own impression is that he has been taking some sort of drug will you come in and have something i asked as we neared the house the doctor shook his head uh, not to-night he answered i have another call to pay so i went back into the house alone and found my guest waiting for me in some impatience he was lying upon a sofa piled up with cushions and the extreme pallor of his face alarmed me give me some brandy and soda he demanded your village Escalipius has been prodding me about till i scarcely know where i am i hastened to the sideboard and attended to his wants well did he invent a new disease for me he asked no i answered on the contrary he admitted that he was puzzled honest man what did he suggest he asked whether you were in the habit of taking drugs i answered never touched such a thing in my life he declared neither did i i remarked grimly until last night and then i told him what had happened to me he listened eagerly to my story 
so there is a division in the camp he murmured softly i imagined as much as usual it is the woman who plays the whole game i wonder i said whether you would mind telling me what you know of miss van hoyt he moved on the couch a little uneasily the request for some reason or other seemed to disquiet him nevertheless he answered me miss van hoyt he said is an american young lady of excellent family and great fortune she has lived for the last few years in berlin and other european capitals she has intimate friends i believe attached to the court at berlin she is a young person of an adventurous turn of mind and she has i believe no particular love for england and english institutions you number her i remarked amongst your enemies and amongst yours he answered dryly yet it was through her that i was able to bring you away i remarked he turned his head towards me you are not supposing for one moment he said that any measure of kindness was included in her motive i suppose not i answered doubtfully listen he said i fell into a trap at the universal i have been in danger too often not to recognize a hopeless position when i see one i knew that escape for me was impossible it was not as though my tasks were finished i had months of work before me and i was tracked down so that i could not have moved except on sufferance our genial friend whom you will remember in the grey tweed suit and glasses and who has the knack of sticking to anyone in whom he is interested like a leech thought that my death with as much dispatch as was wise would be the simplest and pleasantest way out of the difficulty the young lady however plays for the great stakes she wanted to succeed where others have failed he paused for a moment and drank from his tumbler there were dark lines under his eyes and i felt that i ought to stop him talking tell me the rest in the morning i suggested i am sure that you ought to go to bed you forget he remarked grimly that for me there may be no morning i am drawing very near the end or even she would not have dared to let me come besides you must understand for it must be through you that she hopes to succeed she expects that i shall tell you that you will be the legatee of this knowledge which she would give so much to gain and i suppose don't be offended that she counts you amongst the fools whom a woman's lips can tempt to any dishonour you needn't glare at me like that miss van hoyt is very young and very beautiful she has not yet learnt all the lessons of life amongst which are her limitations you see i do not ask you for any pledge for any promise but i do ask you as an englishman and a man of honour to take my burden from my back and carry it on to the end i came over to his side what does it mean i asked quietly death very likely he answered danger always no more sport no more living in the easy places but in the end glory and afterwards peace a man can die but wants courage i am not afraid i answered slowly but am i the man do you think for a task like this none better he answered listen where do you sleep in the room next to yours i answered good will you leave your door open so that if i call in the night you may hear certainly you can have a servant sleep on the couch in your room if you like he shook his head i would rather not he answered just now i cannot talk any more if my time comes in the night i shall wake you if not to-morrow chapter eleven recording by tom weiss
tomsaudiobooks.com.